Hey guys, welcome to episode 170 of SwiftCast. This is Adam. Ashley. Steph. Ashley. And Brianna. And Brianna is our special guest host for this week. So let's all welcome her. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me, all of you Swifties. Well, I want to turn it right over to our co-host Ashley because she has some awesome announcements about the first winners from the contest that we have been running. So as you guys might know from last week, we started a major giveaway for the Simon & Schuster Taylor Swift book, which is coming out this October. And in total, we're going to be giving away 13 copies. And we had this week contests going on our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and website. And we're going to announce the first three of those winners now. And then if you head on over to our Twitter at SwiftCast13, you can see all of the different new ways to enter that we're going to be starting this week. So from Facebook, we want to congratulate Tori. And Tori, we will send you a message with instructions how to plan your book. And from Twitter, we want to congratulate Elena. And from Instagram, we want to congratulate Sarah. So we're very excited to give away the first three copies, and there will be ten more coming up soon. I'm excited. I just saw the book listed on Barnes & Noble, I think, and it was pretty neat to see it there. Yeah, it's becoming real. And I think that I'm going to be getting an advanced copy pretty soon since I was part of the contributing fans. So I'm really excited to see how the final book came out. Yeah, I'm really interested to see what they do with the coloring book aspect. Yeah, I know literally nothing about that. Yeah. I thought it sounded cool. I saw they mentioned it. A lot of you might know coloring has become kind of a trend for adults in the past year or two. It has? I think I missed this memo. Yeah, it's a new thing. Adult coloring books. <laughs> Go to Michael's. I guess they have a bunch, I think. They have them everywhere now. Even places like I was at TJ Maxx and they had them. They also have them at libraries. Just like for the public. Just a table of coloring books. Really? Like you color in the library? Yes. Huh. Yeah, it's always a busy table when I walk by. Well, if you guys want to hear more about the Swift fan book that will be coming out soon, go back and listen to our previous episode, which was episode 169, and you will hear an interview with the Swift fan author of the book. Um, his name is Tyler, and I know that Ashley and Nate uh, did an interview with him and talked to him all about the book. But for now, let's go into our older tweet segment, and I'll kick it off with the first one, which is from September 13th of 2011. And Taylor tweeted, at the Ellen show, so at Ellen, came to my show in LA, and the interview got serious. Seriously. And in that tweet, there was a little video, and Ellen asked Taylor about who she's dating, how often she washes her hair, her favorite color, and they have points in where they sit and stare back and forth at one another. It was pretty funny. I think we're long overdue for a new Taylor and Ellen clip. Yeah, we really haven't seen them together since, I guess, the L.A. show for the 1989 tour last year. Right, so over a year. I don't want Taylor to go in October, though, because she just always gets too scared. <laughs> oh, to go on Ellen's show? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess, well, Ellen always pranks her, but does she do particularly scary ones in October? 
Well, I know she had her walk through that haunted house one time, but I can't remember if that was in October. I think that one was. Probably was, yeah. That was a great one, though. Well, our next tweet is, I think, a really fun tweet. It's from September 12th of 2013, and Taylor wrote, The first trailer for One Chance. Feeling so honored to have written the end credit song with Jack Antonoff. And the end credit song for that movie, of course, was Sweeter Than Fiction, which is, I think, a highly underrated song, and I love it. And the movie is also really great. It's about Britain's Got Talent TV show about the struggles that an opera singer went through and then he got on the show. I thought it was a great movie. If you haven't seen it, you should try to watch it. And I think what was really exciting about that was that it started the partnership of Taylor and Jack Antonoff. Right. At this point, we really had no idea what was coming. And I think what's so cool about Sweeter Than Fiction is it was kind of like a preview for 1989. This was over a year before 1989 was released. But I remember Scott Bruschetta was talking about the new song, Sweeter Than Fiction, and fans were asking him what it was like. And he said, it has an 80s feel to it. And I always think back to that moment because it was almost like a preview for 1989. And that's why I felt so sure that she was going to perform it at some point on tour, and I still can't believe she never did. Me too. It's a bummer. Do you think it it has something to do with that it's like an exclusive for a movie, so she doesn't have the right to play it or something like that, or is that not possible? She did Eyes Open before, which she wrote for the Hunger Games. That's true. But it wasn't actually in the movie. Yeah, I don't know. There could be some sort of contract that prevents her from performing it. I don't know. That would stink, though, because it is her song. Yeah. I don't think that's the reason. I mean, we'll probably never know the reason, but I don't know. Right. It just would have been such a perfect surprise song on the 1989 tour. I mean, I didn't expect her to play it every night, but I thought she would at least play it once. She's never played it live, ever. Ever. And the song just has such a good message, I think. It reminds me of change in a lot of ways. And our next tweet is from September 13th of 2014. Taylor retweeted a tweet that Ed had put out, and his comment was, Intense day preparing for the next music video. It's going to be a special one. And then Taylor's comment to that was, No one's ready for what you have up your sleeve. And this was actually in reference to Ed's upcoming music video for Thinking Out Loud. I remember this tweet because Ashley and I were sitting waiting for Ed Sheeran to come out on stage at his concert. Wow, funny timing. Yeah, I was actually in Nashville too for that concert. Oh yeah, you were there. That's what I remember too. <laughs> and I hoped that that tweet was a sign that Taylor was going to come out during the show, but unfortunately not. Interestingly, this was also the same day Taylor started to use Tumblr. Huh. I just remember that because I was in Nashville for Ed and saw that she was using Tumblr for the first time ever. Was it about Ed? Do you remember? Her first post was a photo of a plane, I think. Just the wing of the plane. And she she said she was going to lock herself in her room until she figured out how to use Tumblr. Something like that. 
So we were all hoping that she was flying to Nashville to be a special guest with Ed. We just string things together to draw our own conclusions. <laughs> well, I do have to say, though, that I do agree with Taylor's comment and that no one was ready for what Ed had up his sleeve because that music video was awesome because Ed literally like learned all that dance choreography and everything. Yeah, it was really impressive. Ed, where are you? <laughs> what are you doing? It's been almost a year. Our next one is from the next day, which was September 14, 2014. And Taylor replied to somebody on Twitter who had been tweeting at her, and she said, It's pretty apparent that we are both having a very casual day. As you can see, I was casually holding a bunch of balloons. And so this was when Taylor was filming some promotional Target commercials for 1989, but we didn't really know what she was doing. And there were all these photos of her just running around New York with this giant bouquet of balloons. It was crazy. Those are fun photos. The next tweet, Taylor simply wrote on September 13th of 2015, same. And she included a photo of Meredith, who was just lounging outside of her cage slash carrier that says Dr. Meredith Gray on it. and. That was actually a gift from Andrea. She got Meredith one and Olivia one. It's adorable. And the next one we have up is from September 17th of 2015. And it reads, Ryan's music helped shape my songwriting. This is surreal and dreamlike. Countdown to hashtag Ryan Adams 1989. Uh, I can remember listening to Ryan Adams cover of 1989 to my homework that like whole first year it came out yeah i was actually somewhere random recently i can't remember where it was but it was a store of some sort and i heard bad blood from ryan adams being played yeah i've heard it a few times out and about too i heard that too that must be the one that they play a lot for some reason it's not my favorite well, let's move into our new segment, Keeping Up With Swift. And as we were just talking about Ryan Adams, the first piece of news actually has some speculation about uh, another music artist. So Ashley will give us that news. Yeah, um, so there's some speculation going around that possibly Kesha and Taylor could possibly doing, be doing some work together because Kesha tweeted a photo of herself wearing this set of headphones that looks pretty much like this pair of headphones that Taylor had been wearing previously in a recording session of hers. And also there's 13 emojis that were written out in the caption of the picture. So we'll just have to wait and see. And also, Ashley, I don't think you mentioned that uh, the comment said that she was working with a Grammy winner. So that's another clue. Yes. Sorry, I forgot to mention that, but you're right. I don't know. The 13 emojis seem quite significant, I thought. Yeah, I feel like Kesha and Taylor are close enough that Kesha would know how significant 13 is to Taylor. Maybe I'm stuck in 2009, but anytime anything with 13 comes up, I give it so much meaning. Well, along with Kesha's comment, We've received more good news about 
potential new music. Martha Hunt actually recently commented during an interview about Taylor's music, and when she was referring to it, she simply said, you won't be disappointed. That's all I'm going to say. So it's pretty exciting. I think we know that Taylor's friends, co-writers, anyone who's close to her would not say anything about new music unless Taylor okayed it because they're her friends and they would never betray her in any way. So I think it's pretty exciting because along with Martha, I think last week we mentioned how Gigi also said that Taylor's back in the studio. I wonder of all her friends who has heard the most of the new music. Yeah, because during the 1989 tour, during the videos, we found out how Selena and Haim and Lena and Carly all got to hear it way in advance of the release date. Yeah, I'm guessing she's probably sharing with all those people you just named still. I feel like she probably starts out like in the early stages sharing with like one or two people to get more of a sense of where she's going. And then the more confidence she gets in the direction that it's taking, she shares it with more people. Yeah, I think before 1989, we know it was released in October of 2014, but we didn't start hearing about things until January. People slowly started saying, oh, I'm working with Taylor. I remember Ryan Tedder said it. And way back then, Diane Warren also said it, and we've still never actually heard what they came up with. But it's good news. New music will be coming. Well, our next piece of news is, once again, also pertaining to new music. So it seems like the good news keeps on coming, which is that Taylor renewed her publishing deal with Sony ATV. And that's a deal that she had for years and years where she was a songwriter under their label and they called her one of the world's greatest songwriters which is a fact absolutely and actually before this episode we were talking about why does taylor need a publishing deal when she's the one who writes all the music and based on our limited research here it seems like what a publishing deal does for songwriters is It really just helps Taylor because then on the publishing side of the deal, they're the ones who take care of actually issuing all of the licenses that are needed, as well as collecting all the actual royalties. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, so that can take a ton of time. And that's something Taylor doesn't need to worry herself with. So she lets Sony and ATV take care of all of that while she just continues being the greatest songwriter of all time. So then if somebody wants to use her song in like a TV show or something, they would go to Sony to get those rights. Right. Well, that's good that she renewed it. That means that hopefully she has a lot of things in the works. Well, Taylor has been using Instagram story a little bit recently. If you don't know, that is very similar to Snapchat and you can make little short videos on it. And there were a few this past week One was with Martha Hunt, and she was meeting Meredith for the first time. And the quote was that she was melting her ice-cold cat heart. And it was a nice video where uh, Meredith was being very receptive to Martha sitting on her lap um, and then taking some selfies as well. And then there was a second video 
where Martha goes, this is the weirdest cat ever. And that was her reaction to Meredith drinking water out of the faucet. We have more Meredith news when Taylor posted to Instagram a picture of Meredith sitting down and sort of like slumped forward. And Taylor writes, you okay, bro? I love that picture. Yeah, me too. I can't really tell if the cat like fell into this position or if it's just the way Meredith likes to sit. It didn't seem very natural. Yeah. But Meredith does like to sit in unnatural positions. The posture of Meredith is not that great. She does what she wants. Yeah, it's funny. And then for those of you who watch America's Got Talent, Grace Vanderwall was the winner, and she had been compared to through the uh, show to Taylor Swift, and Taylor apparently sent her a bouquet of flowers congratulating her. And Grace tweeted, words cannot explain how honored I am for this. Thank you so much. It was really sweet. She was like really excited in the video and everything. She's pretty young, right? Yeah, I think she's like 11 or so. I think so. Yeah, and she plays the ukulele and she also writes her own music. So she's definitely comparable to Taylor. It'll be exciting to see what she does after winning. And our last piece of news is that yesterday, Taylor was at the Music City Food and Wine Festival, which is a festival in Nashville. And it looked like Andrea, her mom, was with her, too. Um, and there were a lot of just photos of her with fans. She seemed to be very casually out in the crowd there. Yeah, that was pretty exciting. Yeah, I love that her hair is going curly again. She just has, like, loose curls. It's always good to see her in Nashville. Well, let's move into our fashion segment for this week. We have a couple of items from when Taylor was out and about in New York over the past week. And the first one's back from September 12th, and she was wearing a Tommy by Gigi silk nautical print maxi dress, and that is $345. She had a Michael Kors eyelet studded leather and suede mini crossbody bag which is $298, and her shoes were Isabel Marant tan leather Jaren sandal boots, and those are $725. And our next piece of fashion was from when Taylor was seen arriving at her apartment in New York City on September 14th. She was wearing a dress um, from Nasty Gal called After Party Stripe Since Tea Dress, and that was $48. And she was also wearing Michael Kors Lennox Leather Loafers for $425. And then later that day, when she was pictured out and about in the same outfit, she also had on a Michael Kors Denim Scout camera bag, which is not yet available. That was a great outfit. I love that camera bag, or purse, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it was a light blue kind of color, so it looked really good with the black and white dress. The shape of it looked like the cases that they sell for the newer Polaroid cameras, if you guys have seen those. Yeah, it does, actually. You're right. I was kind of wondering if she had a camera in there, but I think she maybe liked it for the look. <laughs> well, Haley, our other co-host, recently pointed out an article to us about how it's a crazy article. The whole article was about how Taylor just carries around an empty purse all the time. 
And this is when I realized how bad it's gotten when people just write articles about how Taylor's carrying around an empty purse. <laughs> it was crazy, but it's actually out there if you Google it. Um, so Taylor has been seen all over New York City this September, and on the 16th, she was wearing a PH5 Margaret Ribbed Multicolor Bodysuit for $255, an Urban Outfitters Flirt With Me Seamed Skirt in Maroon for $49, which is now on sale for $29.99, a Michael Kors 56mm Abella the second gradient sunglasses for $159, an Aquazura is a suede and leather platform sandals for $239, a Burberry the bridal bag, which is not yet available to the public. That was also a great outfit. Yeah, definitely a very fall look to it. Lights of browns and oranges. Well, as always, we want to thank Tay Swift Style for all this information that she tracked down. And if you want to see more pictures and information about all these outfits, you can visit TaySwiftStyle.com. Well, this episode is going to be released on September 21st. And as you guys know, then from today, it will be one month and one day until Taylor's performance in austin on october 22nd so we thought for our main discussion today it would be fun to talk about what taylor will be playing at that show of course we know it's going to be a full set list and i assume that it's not going to be just a rehash of the 1989 world tour because number one i don't think all those dancers would be available number two i'm sure she's not bringing the whole entire 1989 stage and production there so we wanted to talk about what we think would be on the set list. And actually, all of us created our own set lists of what we think would be ideal and what her greatest hits might be. Actually, that's a good reason why maybe Taylor's in Nashville right now. I think on the last episode, we talked about her rehearsing for this show. And we've said that she usually rehearses in Nashville kind of wonder if that's why she's there and if she'll be there now more often. Yeah, I'm sure regardless, well, of course, regardless of whether or not she has dancers or big production or if it's more of a, a simplified show, she's obviously going to need to have all of her band members. So you're right. Maybe they're all gathering, you know, in the next week or two in Nashville to begin figuring out what they're going to do. Yeah, actually, somebody just tweeted Paul Sedotti, who's a longtime member of Taylor's band, and he was asked whether he's going to Texas, and he said yes, he will be there. Awesome. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me that Paul is super excited to go, because I was looking up past people who have been on this stage in Austin, and Kiss is one of them. And I know that Paul is notorious for loving Kiss. So I'm sure he's going to want to be there to share that experience with a band that really influenced his work. Yeah, that'll be exciting for him. And it will definitely be exciting for us. I don't know what will happen. I think we've all heard rumors that maybe this will be a greatest hits sort of concert. Or I've predicted on previous episodes that I think it will just be the new album. And the new album will then be 
released on iTunes. And I've also predicted that this concert will be available on Apple to Apple subscribers, but I could be completely wrong. So when we were talking about this, I decided not to make up an imaginary set list of songs from the new album and just went with, I think some of us went with what our ideal set list would be in our wildest dreams, pun intended there. And then I think we also went with what we actually would expect would be sort of the greatest hits set list. So Steph, before we do that, I wanted to go back and ask you real quick about the Apple stream or the Apple video. Do you think that the concert will be streamed live on Apple Music or like available for download or watching later? Or tell me more about what you think that'll be. I think it will be streamed live and they'll announce it beforehand and get a ton of subscribers, people who can't go to the show, people from all over the world. and. That way, Taylor can just completely surprise everybody with this new album. And then immediately after the show is over, the album will be available on iTunes for purchase. That would be pretty cool. And I have to admit that, you know, I was one of the people that was a three-month trial of Apple Music. And then I watched the 1989 World Tour a couple times. And then I did not renew or after the three-month trial ended, um, I didn't keep it going. But if what you said happens, I would definitely subscribe so that I can watch that. Well, yeah. And if they made it available to replay after the fact, I would sign up again. I did the same thing that you did. I signed up for the three-month trial so I could watch the 1989 tour a million times. And then I just didn't think it was worth it for me to pay every month. So I canceled it. But this would be, I think, such a great way for Apple to get more subscribers. And I think Taylor clearly has a partnership going with Apple. So I don't think it's a crazy idea. I do feel like it's the new thing to just, like, drop an album with no hype at all. But I do know that she loves playing it up for her fans and kind of going step by step until she does the release and, like, all they can do is like crave it. So yeah, I'm excited to see which route she goes. It will definitely be totally different if she just drops it. Yeah, that's a good point. We on recent episodes have talked about how Taylor makes her new album such a kind of progression. In the past, she would announce it and then later have a single and then later have a video and then later have the album. And with each album, the timeline gets tighter. And the reason being, a lot of the times, is because you just can't keep that under wraps. Things get leaked, which is upsetting. So then she moved more toward album announcement, playing the first single, for example, for Red. Then 1989, it was album announcement, playing the single, and releasing the music video. But we still had time in between to get excited and to get ready. So it would be a big change. We'll see what happens. Yeah, it'll definitely be a lot to take in at once if that happens. <laughs> I would definitely be overwhelmed by it all. I guess I keep going back and forth because on the one hand, I think that like you guys were saying, there's no way that she would want to miss out on having a full promotional cycle. But I also think that she just wants to do things differently and she achieved such high success with 1989 that 
she can't just do the same thing anymore. I mean, I think she could, but I think she thinks she can't. So, I don't know. Yeah, I absolutely think she thinks she can't do the same thing. And she's actually said that in interviews. And I think that while she does love the promotion leading up to the actual release date, she's getting a lot of promotion right now. She's slowly having people talk about this new music and we're kind of getting more and more info as each day goes by. Yeah, it's kind of just like in a different way. It's not, you know, the Rolling Stone article saying there are songs about this and this and this and oh, here's this like scandalous song name and this is going to be, you know, it's different. Do you have any speculation about why it would be the a racetrack that she would want to race it at? <laughs> that is a great question that I've wondered <laughs> for a long time. Well, it does hold 100,000 people, right? Yes. Yeah, the thing is huge. Uh, but you're right. A racetrack to me reminds me more of country music artists than Taylor. But I don't know. Scott Bruschetta, the head of Big Machine, is a huge race car enthusiast. So I think we mentioned this on way earlier episodes, but the headliner last year was Elton John. And, you know, he's not country and he's sort of just a legend in his own right. I would argue just like Taylor is. Yeah, he's a legend. Taylor's a legend. I feel like they're on the same. If this event goes for just the highest caliber headliner possible, I would say they're equal. Let's take a look now at the set lists that each of us created. And I think we all did it a little bit differently. So I'll explain what I did with mine. I thought it would be cool if she did like a greatest hits from each of the five albums, of course. And I kind of took the simple route and said... Well, there's five albums and there are around 20 songs on a set list. So I took four songs from each album. So four songs times five albums makes 20 songs. So I guess I'll just read them to you guys uh, down the list real quick. And then you guys can let me know if you are surprised by any of the ones that I picked or if you are shocked that I left a certain song off. So we'll see what you think. And is this in the order you think they would be performed, or just the songs? No, I did not do the order, just the songs. So starting with the self-titled album, I would choose Tim McGraw, Our Song, Picture to Burn, and Should Have Said No. From Fearless, I would choose 15, You Belong With Me, White Horse, and Love Story. From Speak Now, I would choose Mine, Mean, Back to December, and Long Live. From Red, I would choose I Knew You Were Trouble, 22, We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together, and All Too Well. And from 1989, I would choose Blank Space, Shake It Off, Bad Blood, and Wildest Dreams. So what jumped out to you about that set list? That I forgot half of those songs. <laughs> really? <laughs> Not half, but I guess I didn't think, I didn't take the logical approach when writing them down, so I don't know. I mean, I feel like if she were to try and make it equal like that, 1989 has so many iconic singles that most people would know. And if she's going for a greatest hits, I just don't know that she would do stuff like Long Live. Right. That's a fair point. Mm -hmm. Also, I'm sorry, and I would love it, but I don't think she will ever do Picture to Burn again. <laughs> yeah, I actually don't think so either. 
I think she thinks it was, in hindsight, an immature song or something. It's not something she would write today. Right, kind of like Better Than Revenge. Right, yeah. Yeah, well, on the other hand, our song is a song I've heard her play at every single concert I've gone to. And I feel like she puts that on an iconic level where she would play it on her greatest hits. Yeah, you're right. She did play it a lot on the last two tours. Well, my list actually had a lot of overlap with Adam's. Practically identical, I feel like. I didn't include (laughs) as many from the debut album, just because, like Ashley said, I didn't go with that logical approach that Adam went with. I just thought from the debut album it would be more like our song and Tim McGraw. But otherwise... I had a lot of overlap with Adam. Some differences that I had, uh, it looks like I included Out of the Woods. Okay, I think I forgot Out of the Woods existed. How did I do that? Yeah, how could you forget that? I don't know. (laughs) I got overwhelmed very easily in this task. It was very difficult, yeah. Um, So I threw in Out of the Woods. I put in Red. It's a title track. And... Adam, did you say 15 and White Horse? Yes, both of them. Okay. Um, I also threw in New Romantics. And it looks like I just included more from 1989. So I had Style, Wildest Dreams, and Bad Blood. And then like you, I had Mean and Our Song and Long Live. Everything else was identical with 22, You Belong With Me, We Are Never, Blank Space, Shake It Off, Love Story, I Knew You Were Trouble. One thing I just realized when we were talking about the debut album was that I feel like Teardrops on My Guitar does not get a lot of love. Did anybody put that on their list? I forgot that existed, too. (laughs) (laughs) I just got really absorbed thinking about the songs that I was writing down. I don't know. I should have put on my iPod or something. Like, I feel like we get brainwashed towards certain songs because of what she pushes during the tours. Yeah. Right. And I think, of course, Teardrops was, you know, her second single and it was a really, you know, big hit and it probably pushed her into fame, you know, after people realized that, oh, who's this new girl singing Tim McGraw? And then her second single comes out and people love it. But it is a slow song. So I think that is why people forget about it nowadays. I definitely think it should be included in the greatest hits. Yeah, you're right. I think it should. And really, when you think about it, Teardrops is actually the first song that went to pop radio they did do a remix of that song so it was taylor's second single and it was already on pop radio so for mine i tried to do it in the order that i thought songs should be performed but really all that i did was mix up fast and slow songs figuring that like she would want to like keep it interesting I also tried to make it as much of an emotional roller coaster of a set list as possible because I thought that would be fun. <laughs> so this is what I had. So this is the order that I would put these songs in, except that I changed them all like seven times, but this is one order they could go in. Okay. Shake It Off, Mine, You Belong With Me, 22, Tim McGraw, Mean, Blank Space, Back to December, Fearless, I Knew You Were Trouble, our song, 15, We Are Never, Love Story, All Too Well, Wildest Dreams, White Horse, Ours, 
plot twist. Then I put a new song for the second to last song. And then she would end with new romantics. Oh, Oh, wow. So a new single. Like just when we thought there was not going to be anything new, she'd kill us and then (laughs) end with like a grand finale. Right. That's cool. I like that idea. Yeah, I like that prediction. Then you could have the idea of having that's her album announcement. She gives us the new single that day and then we have a release date and we have the lead up up to that release date. I like it. Was there anything on my list that you guys were surprised about? I guess maybe I'm a little surprised by both of you putting back to December. I think it's a great song and just so fantastic. I just don't really see her putting it on there. Yeah, she might not. But I also think, and maybe it's just from my perspective of how I experienced that era, but it seems very representative of the Speak Now era to me. It is. It's such a an underrated and great song and it is odd that she's never performed it since the speak now tour like for me i associate it as more representative of that era than the title track speak now and i think more people know back to december yeah that's another interesting point speak now was never actually even a single i still hear back to december in random places like restaurants and even malls i feel like i hear it at kohl's (laughs) yeah yes i think i do too i think i do as well a weird one that i put on that i didn't predict would make it on my list was enchanted and i think the reason it made it on there is because i was thinking of that perfume commercial for wonderstruck and i feel like that got played so much when it first came out that people would hear the tune and pick it up as one of her songs. That's a good point. Yeah, that commercial was played a lot. And she clearly has a love for Enchanted since she used it on the 1989 World Tour. And she almost named Speak Now album Enchanted. Right. And it truly is a great song. And that's one of those ones that's like half slow, half fast a good mix i agree did anyone say 22 i did i did i did too okay which she has not performed since red but it was a huge song right it's just such a fun song it's so upbeat i would like to request that not only does she do all of these songs but she does them in the original costumes they were performed in for each one (laughs) oh gosh the appropriate hair and makeup they could get it done in time (laughs) That would be great. Well, yeah, because I actually, like, I have How You Get the Girl on my list as well. And I just don't see why you wouldn't want to have a light-up costume in front of 100,000 people. Because you'd be, like, obviously that stands out really well with that many people in a crowd. I was just thinking of Taylor Swift's costumes for her concerts when I was at a Bruce Springsteen concert which was a very odd thing to pop into my head, but he doesn't change during his concerts. And I was thinking, you know, when Taylor does a Greatest Hits concert, which was exactly like what Bruce was doing, would she not change at all? You know, when she's like 66 doing a Greatest Hits concert, in which outfit would that be? Hmm, that's a good question. I guess it's sort of like, and even now... We would all be perfectly happy if she 
didn't change outfits. We still love the show, but the older and more established you get, I guess the less you really are concerned about impressing people with costume changes. I guess you maybe start to feel like if they've stuck around this long, you can just do whatever you want. Yeah, and I kept thinking of Taylor at this concert because not only does she call Bruce one of her heroes, but he is so engaged with his fans that I was thinking, I think at the point where she's 66, she's just going to want all the time with the fans she can have, or she's not going to want to like go backstage for a second. Yeah, I don't know. I do think it's different for girls, though. Girls are more into costume changes than guys. And Taylor is so good at making her show kind of like a spectacle in a great way. So, I don't know. If she did only have one outfit, though, I think she definitely would go with a dress of some sort. Yeah. So did anybody put any songs from Beautiful Eyes or either of the two songs from the Hunger Games soundtrack or anything like that? I actually put my ideal list. I did two lists. And I can read it after Ashley tells us tells us about hers. Yeah, I mean, mine was pretty much like reiterating all of y'all's. I just included a little bit more of 1989 um, just because of kind of how y'all were saying that um, a lot more people, I guess, would know her newer music a little better. Um, so I have on there Bad Blood, Welcome to New York, I Know Places. All you had to do was stay. It sounds like you have the 1989 tour. <laughs> <laughs> Not the whole thing. I have, I pretty much did like three from the, from the other album. And, um, How You Get the Girl. And since she took All You Had to Do was Stay out of the set list, I feel like she should bring that one back for Texas. Um, but I also did throw in there that she would have a new song kind of halfway through, like what Ashley was saying. Because I could just see her kind of like going into a pause moment and, you know, speaking to the crowd and saying, so Texas, I've been working on some new material, but in the studio, would you like to hear it? And just have everybody erupted and scream. I can hear it now, the way that the music would change before she was announcing a special guest. And her looking around like, do you want to hear it? Like she's genuinely waiting to hear our answer. <laughs> Do you even have to ask? Would you like me to bring out a surprise? Would you like there to be another surprise later? Yes, Taylor, we would. Thank you. (laughs) Well, that gets me really excited to think about that. I feel like I've just been prepping myself to not get this album for like another four years. That it's just going to be too much of a shock if she does it. Like I've just, I just keep telling myself it's not coming. It's not coming. But it's coming. (laughs) (laughs) it sure seems like it i think with each day that passes we're just getting more and more it's very exciting so what was on your crazy list stuff well i had some crazy things on here i had all too well which some of you included which would be great Uh, but then i also had things like permanent marker personal favorite of mine last kiss enchanted treacherous change Fearless, ours, stay beautiful, tied together with a smile, sweeter than fiction, which we talked about earlier, state of grace, come back, be here. Oh my god, I forgot so many. I want to take all of mine back. 
<laughs> I guess it's like it's two different things. Like you're saying what you think she would play versus what you'd want her to play. Right. And we've never heard Comeback be here. Ever. So that would be amazing. Um, and then I had Superman, Untouchable, Holy Ground, Haunted, Dear John, Starlight, and The Moment I Knew. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> wow. What a set list. <laughs> and that will never, ever happen. If that happens, you would hear, like, one section of the crowd like the few thousand of us press up against the stage screaming the words and everyone else looking around like i don't know these songs (laughs) well actually i think the people who know the words would probably fall over and wouldn't be able to handle the excitement that's true that's very true (laughs) yeah they'd definitely be in shock on the ground like what there's just so many songs we've never actually heard live starlight well, we heard that live once, but never at a con- an actual concert. The moment I knew. It's just so exciting for there to be a show where we have no clue what to expect. That's true. You'll go on with no expectations because you have no idea what's coming. I mean, she might drop a lot of hints before then. She could. I kind of hope she doesn't at this point. It's about a month out. I don't know. We've made it this far. I'd like to be surprised, I think. Yeah, I would like to be surprised. I've never actually gone to the actual opening, opening night of a concert. So that would be new for me. It would be pretty fun. And it's just so easy, too easy to get spoiled before any experience these days, whether it's a concert or a movie or a TV show or a book. Unless you really put a lot of effort into actively avoiding spoilers, you just end up going in with all these expectations. So I have a question. Since we're talking about like a possible set list and just kind of talking about how Taylor's concerts usually are, we know during the same weekend that The weekend is also performing on a separate day. Do we think or have we talked about before she may or may not bring out any special guests or what do you guys think? I'm very torn on that, I think. If she's actually doing a song with Kesha or something, I could see that happening. But otherwise, I think this is going to be her moment. I agree with that. I also think that even though she's been having special guests forever, because they were so highly publicized during this tour, she's kind of going to leave that for a little while. Well, if she is dropping a new full album in Austin, do you think anything will be a duet? And if it is, will she bring those people out? That's a good question. I think she's, in my mind, I think she's working with Jack Antonoff again, just based on the fact that they've been hanging out this summer. And he was tweeting the other day that he was in the studio and he apparently was wearing some sort of jacket that I guess Haim once wore when they were visiting Taylor. I don't know for sure, but I don't know that she would do a duet with Jack though, even though he was involved in Out of the Woods. She never actually brought him out during the tour to sing. But I know we've talked about Lord too, as a pipe dream, and that would be great. I would love to see that. Yeah, for sure. I don't know, guys. I don't know how I'm going to make it for the next month. (laughs) Me neither. Yeah, it's going to be a a quick month. Only about a little over four weeks left. Well, we'd love to hear from you guys about what you think the set list might look like, or hear about 
what we said and if you agree or disagree or if you have any song that you're really hoping she plays. So please let us know. You can let us know on Twitter at SwiftCast13, on Tumblr, swiftcast13.tumblr.com, Instagram.com slash theswiftcast13, Facebook.com slash theswiftcast. You can always email us at theswiftcast13 at gmail.com. And then, of course, go visit our website, which is swiftcast13.com. And don't forget on our website going on right now, every single day, you can enter on our homepage for an extra chance to win one of the 13 books. So you can enter once per day. That's for everyone. So make sure you do that at swiftcast13.com. Awesome. And we'd also love it if you went and subscribed to us on iTunes. It will automatically download the latest episode for you. And then you won't have to go do anything. And our episodes will be right there for you. So to wrap up this week, we want to make a few predictions. What do you guys think that Taylor will do next week? Maybe she'll show us a picture of her rehearsing in Nashville. That's a good idea. I mean, I think I mentioned this on another previous episode, but she has never given any indication in a tweet or in an interview or anything about this upcoming Texas show. So we always joke around amongst the co-hosts here. You know, does she even know that she's playing? Does she know she's doing this? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know. I think she's going to hang around Nashville for the week, either rehearsing or being in a studio or something. This might sound really crazy, but I think she's going to get a third cat. (laughs) I don't know. I just feel like it's coming. Maybe that's why Meredith said bro. Maybe she's getting a boy cat. Maybe. Another Scottish fold or something crazy like a Siamese? I think like a crazy one. (laughs) (laughs) And then she'll officially be a cat lady? I think so. I really do. I don't know that it'll happen this week, but I feel like it's coming. Because two cats is a party and three cats is a cat lady. Or however that tweet went. I think that's right, yeah. Uh, Well, to go alongside Ashley's prediction about her getting a new cat, I was just thinking in terms of her and her cats that maybe we'll see her with more maybe Instagram stories or pictures with Olivia since this past week was kind of all about Meredith. Well, thank you guys for listening. We will keep you posted on next week's episode. And for now, episode 170, this has been Adam. Ashley. Steph. Ashley. Brianna. And thanks for listening. We will see you next week. Thanks, guys. Peace. Bye. See ya. Thank you for listening to this episode of SwiftCast. Visit us on the web at theswiftcast.com. SwiftCast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift, Big Machine Label Group, or 13 Management.